0: This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers all on three, one, two, three. Playmakers. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. On this edition of Defending the Kingdom, Mitch is with you along with Sean Barber. Yes, that is the very familiar Reveille bugle call, meaning uh, two formation and call to arms. There's a reason we're playing it today because the Chiefs get ready to take on the Houston Texans in a bounce-back game. Uh, But, Sean, I'm telling you, who's going to... uh, Answer the call in this game for the Chiefs, even if it's someone who has to play in a backup role.
1: No doubt. We hit our Army trumpet call. Call <laughs> to formation, right? You got to get lined up, make sure you all tucked in, make sure your hat is crooked, your hat is straight. Uh, everything is uh, the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and then they start the roll call. They go name by name to make sure everybody's accounted for. Um, the Chiefs definitely need to do that. Um, you know, we have we have a little bit uh, – a number game we're going to have to play here on Sunday um, figuring out how many guys to have up in what position to make sure we have enough guys to survive the game, um, but I think that they're going to take advantage of uh, not only being ready to answer the call but being able to answer the opportunity um, to give their all for this uh, for this team to get a win.
0: The limited edition three sixty vodka Chiefs commemorative bottle is a uh, sponsor of our podcast network. It's now available in stores throughout the kingdom. Three sixty vodkas, Kansas City's hometown vodka and the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. Last week, we saw injuries. We saw some, uh, like, the defensive line getting down to, like, the last two guys available for the inside techs. And on the offensive line, we saw it get chopped up a little bit. Uh, And the Chiefs have made some roster moves here. But I'm going to ask you globally, without getting into specific guys, to me, I have seen guys Mm -hmm. make their career, make their career in a situation like this where – You get a chance. I mean, I think of Pringle right now at wide receiver, getting the chance with the injuries to Watkins and to Tyreek Hill, who has stepped up now and proven to be a valuable commodity. Now we're seeing it maybe in the trenches on the lines, both sides. What does it mean to get a shot and to answer the call and uh, do your duty and perhaps even make your career?
1: I I think all these players, uh, they sacrifice so much time, right? Time away from your family, sacrificing time in the weight room. Um, nutrition uh you know getting proper rest just um, this, this building up for that one opportunity to shine right That have one opportunity to let everybody know uh, I am an NFL player and not only just a player and not just a cog but I can make a, 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 a impact on the game and I think that's what Pringle did man over the last few weeks uh, even going back into the preseason um, you can tell he did he didn't take he didn't take a snap for granted every opportunity he had to go out there and run a route run you know uh, he ran into his like the, the highest capacity um, always, you know, pushing the envelope um, and, and kind of just waiting in, in the bushes for his for his number to be called. And then when he had a chance to get on that stage, uh, the bright lights wasn't too big for him. He made play after play. Every time his number was called, he answered the bell, right? He answered the bell and made sure that that opportunity, um, when he got that opportunity, he was going to shine. And so we got, you know, Brian Pringle doing it, the wide receiver. Kalen Sanders, the D-lineman we drafted, Mm -hmm. um, has had to step up. Uh, uh, One of my favorite linebackers, Ben Neiman, a Hawkeye from Iowa. Um, I think instinctively he is one of the best linebackers I've ever seen in such an early uh, stage of his career uh, with with, with having such a nose for the football, knowing where he fits in in the run game, knowing where he – uh, how to give the proper underneath coverage uh, to the safeties in the past game. Um, he's playing beyond his years. And so having those guys get some actual playing time and being able to show everybody that they can uh, play at this stage is going to be so big for this organization
0: going forward. This is an extreme example, but it's an example. Will Shields did not start in his first game in 1993. Did not start. Uh, Danny Via goes down with an injury. He goes into the lineup and starts every game the next 223 <laughs> games. And, oh, sure, he came a Pro Football Hall of Famer, the best right guard, I think, to ever play. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until Via's injury. If Villa didn't get hurt, he may not play the next week. He'd yeah. be on placement protection. So the point is here, this is an opportunity for somebody to answer the call. And then I want to ask you, too, scheme – I mean, Spags is working on the defensive scheme, Eric bien with Coach Reed and Mike Kafka and all the offensive brain trust, working on a scheme to beat the Houston Texans. But how much sometimes is it just, I've got to beat you across from me. Yeah, I just got to whip you. Here's my job, you got your job, but I'm going to whip your butt. Yeah. Now, think, how much of that comes into
1: play? Man, I think we, we just listen to some of the words from Pat Mahomes. Um, if you watch some of the game footage and some of when he's mic'd out, and he's telling the guys, hey, if we just do what we do, mm-hmm. let's just focus on what we do well, uh, play our game, that will always be enough. We got we are skilled enough uh, on, all, on the opposite side of the ball that we can score on anybody, but guys got to do their fundamentals right. You got to stand and hold your blocks and not let immediate pressure get to the quarterback. Quarterback, when he sees open routes, he has to be able to uh, um, have some vision down the field and see uh, when the route's going to uncover and then make the throw and step into it. Um, being able to buy a little bit of time when there's a blitz coming up and receivers being able to adjust their routes based off the defensive coverage and, and get open, and then when they get open, catch the football. So all those things got to – it's not about what the Texans are going to do. It's about our Chiefs offense doing what we do. Um, and when they do it, they do it at a high level, and they are pretty much unstoppable when they do all
0: those things um, that are fundamentally sound. The other thing here is trust. Trust your schemes, trust your coaches, trust your teammates. Second would be don't be overwhelmed. Um, Herm Edwards – was one of the best I've ever seen at at laying this out there. Now he's the head coach at Arizona State. He was here in the late 2000s uh, for three years, the Jets coach prior to that. He was with Tony Dungy. That's where his career got formed as a coach. But he said, really, in real time, you're really only playing about six to eight minutes in a game. Mm -hmm. So to help a player get an opportunity to think, concentrate, lock in, think six to minutes to play the best best six minutes of your life – To me, I thought it was very helpful. Instead of me seeing a big mound of dirt, I'm going to do it one shovel at a time and fill the wheelbarrow up one at a time because I can't move this dirt all at once. So being able to focus, not making it too big, don't get overwhelmed, just – Take it as it is.
1: Yeah, and I think, Coach, you hear him saying trust the process. Mm-hmm. You know, the process isn't about the, uh, the cake being done. You're not worrying about icing the cake. You ain't worrying about, the, you know, it, it's going to be oh, um, overdone, dry, moist, none of that kind of stuff. You're talking about the ingredients. Each ingredient you got to be, uh, you know, so detailed to make sure you're doing everything right from the beginning. And at the end of the day, you know if you do all those steps right, if you, if you, block, if you block the right person, if you know who to block, if you are uh sounding in your protection if you um running backs pick up the right people uh tight ends um uh, you know chip when you're supposed to chip uh finish off the routes wire receivers running the correct routes and then leave, leaving pat leaving the um, the ball in pat's hand to deliver the ball and and on having no on time all of those things need to be taken care of before you can worry about uh scoring a touchdown or you know getting to the end zone and i think pat is is is, is, is being a, is great of a leader as he can be letting guys know do not worry about getting to the end zone that's not don't even worry about that let's take care of the little things let's make sure that we line uh, line up right make sure we execute right the play itself will take care of that the scoreboard is gonna take care of itself we got we, we, we trust the process we trust the the, the the game caller that we know that he's putting the right plays together to, to, to break some stuff open for us we just got to make sure we do the little things
0: take care of those little details um, and we know it's gonna be a great day. So our first quarter, answering the call, the Reveille playing, you're getting an opportunity to make the most of it, whether you've been a starter or you're getting thrust in there because of injuries. The second quarter, and I'm glad you mentioned Mahomes because we get into the second quarter of our Defending the Kingdom podcast here. I'm not sure I have not been more proud of Patrick Mahomes than in the last two weeks in the game at Detroit and the game against Indianapolis. The dude is ultra-competitive. We know that. We know he's hyper-smart. But I thought handling his poise under difficult circumstances. Last week, he got sacked four times, hit three more times, knocked down three more times, and I think hit or hurried 14 more times. And yet the dude was in a position to win the game at the end. Now, rallying around Mahomes here, but just the growth that I've seen in him in handling this, to me, makes you more prepared to win this Houston game. Oh, definitely. You know, in, any quarterback can sit back there like a 7-on-7 seven seven
1: when they're not getting pressure. They don't have to worry about um, any hands on them. It's easy to keep your eyes down the field. But once you start receiving that pressure and you're getting hit and you're getting knocked down, you got to get back up, um, that's when some, you, you find a chink in the arm. You find who's the real deal and who's, uh, who's the fake uh, when, when, it's, when, it, when people are getting hit and you're getting put on your butt, and you got to keep getting up. Um, But that's when you see guys at their greatest. That's when Mahomes is at his greatest, Um, and you see that uh, that grit and that determination, that competitor, uh, that alpha competitor comes out of him. Um, He starts to jab a little bit with the defense. Um, I think that's when he's at his best. He really uh, loves that confrontation. Um, because it, it starts to challenge him in ways that you can't you can't just create when the pocket's clean and uh, he's able to step in every throw. Things are going great. Uh, now that's not that's not him at his best. His best when when he's being pressured and have to make runs on the on the, on the uh, make throws on the run and he's able to keep his vision down the field no matter how many times you put him down uh, he keeps getting up. Um, that's a sign of a great fighter, a great boxer, a great competitor, but also a great quarterback, a good, great leader, and that's what he's done for this team.
0: Poise. And patience. I've seen it from him. I know he's a tough kid. You do too. Poise and patience. Here's the other thing I really appreciate about him is that, okay, Tyreek Hill hasn't played for a while. We're not sure he's going to play Sunday or not. Probably a game-time decision. Watkins goes down last week. Two snaps into the game. Two snaps. And, uh, Rick Burkholder's and trying to get him ready to go. Doesn't matter to Mahomes. He tries to rally the guys around him, whether it's DeMarcus or Pringle. We talked about him or Hardman or Dot uh, or the tight ends. He says, give me what we got, and let's figure this out. To me, that's the sign of a veteran quarterback. We've seen Tom Brady and Peyton Manning we did do it for years. Yeah, no matter who, who the guy
1: running the routes, um, the expectation is that you know your job. You know what you do. When you get on this field and you're part of these 11, you've got to know where to line up and you've got to know how, how, where to make your adjustments. Um, he's going to do his job. He's going to put the ball where it needs to be based off the defense coverage. You've got to do your job as a receiver to step up. Um, even if you haven't had the weeks of practice, you've got to know where you belong, um, you got to be there when the ball gets there um, and then make the catch and hold on to it. Those are the things that are just uh, are kind of football one-on-one um, but it's needed to keep the ball moving down the field. First down, first down, touchdown.
0: Interesting the defense that Mahomes will face in this game against the Texans. J.J. Watt who's I mean, he's gone through two back surgeries. He had a broken leg. He looks back. He's playing at a high, high level, as we know he can. Whitney Merciless, arguably having the best year of his career. DJ Reader is an inside technique guy that I don't think it's enough pub. Um, he'll play at the nose, again, in that A-gap, sitting there right, looking at right uh, Austin Ryder, the chief center, uh, or slanting to him. Uh, but this is the defense, let's talk about it up front. They've got some challenges, but again, it goes back to what we said in the first quarter. You're going to have to win some of these battles and whip these guys rear ends. Yeah, you've got
1: you to definitely acknowledge and pay respect to where J.J. Watt is, right? We've got to know mm-hmm. before every ball is snapped where this joke is lined up and is he working twists, if he's working stunts, if he's just uh, pressure off the edge. You know, he has a great um, uh, speed to power secondary move counter um, he's one of the best at the, in the businesses using his motor to overcome any kind of physical ailments, even when he's uh, beat up and he's facing you know coming back from surgeries and stuff like that. He's he's still able to be so effective because he uses his hands, his lower body, his speed, his quickness. He uses all those things together to make him as dominant a force he is. Batted balls. Remember, year after year, he led the league in batted balls because he would read the quarterback's eyes, gets his hands in the passing games. Um, If you give him more time, then he converts that to a speed rush. Um, If you set back too far, he converts speed to power and deposits your offensive linemen in the quarterbacks. So he's, he's always making his presence known on the defensive line, and I think the rest of his warriors just feed off him. They know that he's getting so much attention. That's allowed, uh, merciless and, and Reader, um, and the other guys to really shine. Uh, but, but they they still have some chinks in that
0: in their armor. He's had four c half. We're talking about Watt here. He's had four and a half sacks against K, uh, Kansas City in the four games he's played against him. He also got injured against the Chiefs. That was one of his back injuries, or re-injured it. But he's not played against Patrick Mahomes yet. They did not play last year. Didn't play the Texans after playing about every year, including the playoff victory over him in 2015. Uh, and then on the back end, I mean, it's a little bit like the AFC West. Um, other dudes. Bradley Roby's on this team, former Bronco. Uh, you look at Julia Ladae on this team, former Charger. Uh, Gibson was with the, uh, the Jags last year playing here. And then Phillip Gaines was with the Chiefs. I want to ask you about the run game. The Chiefs trying to get their run game going. Uh, they've had some big runs. There's been some trunk runs. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Shady's popped a few. Uh, Darrell Williams had a 41-yard run. Damian Williams, you know what he's capable of. Last week, that never got in track. How important is it, do you think, in just getting enough in the run game? You don't have to hit home runs, but just enough to keep Houston off balance.
1: And when you talk about playoff championship football, I think it's a, it's a balance between the run and the pass that you always uh, try to possess. You never want to be so one-sided that – um, you allow a team just to to totally key off um, to be able to line up and know you're passing it, and have their pr- pass rushers come at you all the time. And you don't want to be so one, one, one um, uh, so fundamental or so so one sided that you just are handing the ball off to a running back, so your linebackers can just come downhill and be smacking the uh, mess out of the running backs every every down. So creating that balance is what an, uh, where the offense takes the um, advantage in the game because they. Uh, they, they they get to decide whether you run a pass it, but the unknown, not knowing whether it's going to be a running pass, that's what really gets an offense um, to get a defense off balance. And when you can you know equalize that run pass ratio, um, that's to me that's when championship uh, football really comes out. and And this team can do it like no other. We have the weapons in the backfield, we have the quarterback, we got the receivers and tight end, and we got guys up front that can make some running lanes, um, the stretch game. Um, the misdirection from the um, motions and shifts. They'll create vertical seams, and we have the guys that can exploit it. So um, I look for this game to be a more of a balanced attack by our offense to keep that J.J. Watt-led Houston Texans defense off balance.
0: Again, we're at halftime now of our Defending the Kingdom podcast, our Reveille edition, answering the roll call. Here come the Houston Texans, a noon game at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. You can hear the trumpets blowing. Who is going to step up? Who's going to be healthy to play? If somebody has to fill in, who's going to play well there? Now we flip it to the other side, and uh, Houston's coming up here on a full charge. Deshaun Watson last week was brilliant, to say the least. Over 400 yards passing, five touchdown passes. Only five incompletions. He was 28 of 33. The only quarterback in National Football League history who had over 400 yards, five touchdowns, and only five incompletions ever in the 100-year history of this game. Deshaun Watson. He and Mahomes will always be tied together, as long as they play and even beyond. I mean, whatever form we're going to be watching video in about 20 years ago, those guys were in the 17 draft class, only two picks apart. Deshaun Watson is coming in here brimming with confidence.
1: Yeah, Deshaun's always going to have a little uh, you know, competitive chip on his shoulder because, obviously, both teams moved up in the draft. Yep. Right? The Chiefs moved up. Uh, the Texans moved up. The Chiefs moved up a, a few spots earlier to get the guy that they thought was a difference maker between those two. They thought that Pat Mahomes was a, a elite quarterback. Not that they downgraded Watson, but between the two, they had to make a choice, and they chose right. They chose the guy that is going to lead this team for the next decade uh, to numerous victories, numerous playoff wins, and hopefully some Super Bowl championships. Now, Deshaun Watson has talent. Also, he has the t- he he has, he has extra, uh, uh, alpha level. Um, elusiveness and uh, the arm to make all the throws, as you could tell from last week. Um, One thing he's working himself on is the recognition of defenses. He felt uh, two weeks ago like he didn't feel like he recognized the defense early enough to make the throws to really hit uh, some deep shots. Um, By the way, the defense was playing him. He said he missed some shots to Fuller and to D Hop early in that game. And when the reporter asked him about it, he got very detailed about it, <laughs> and, and it actually uh, broke down there uh, his understanding of Cover Four and and how he posed to attack a Cover Four versus a Cover Two, in um, a classic one-on-one with the reporter, um, <laughs> 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 I, I think that that was that was so um, that that was so like you know just timely for a quarterback to get so tired of reporters thinking they know everything, and so he just threw it back in his face. Do you actually know what cover four is? And then he explained it to him and said, all right, well, I should have hit these two throws. That would have changed the game. And then he goes out, walks the field with his quarterback guru, Mentally going over what had happened, how he's going to make a correction, and then the next game comes out, and as you saw, five incomplete passes, five touchdowns, um, uh, perfect quarterback rating. I think that they said that coming into this game, this is going to be the, uh, when you combine the two quarterback uh, overall quarterback ratings of Pat Mahomes and Watson, the, the, in the, in the modern-day era, the, the highest combined total of two starting quarterbacks going into any game ever.
0: Yeah, I mean, you might have are blowing trumpet calls of Reveille. You might have that one they play before the Kentucky Derby uh, because this is going to be a horse race. Watson, though, too, his ability to run the ball, you can't look past it. Last year, the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards and run for 500 yards. But Barbershop, he has been hit, and he's been hit a lot. Last year, he was sacked 62 times, the most in the National Football League. This year, he has been sacked 18 times. There was a time last year – he had a collapsed lung. Um, he had broken ribs. They took him to the Jacksonville game in his own like limo so he could lay out prone uh, because he couldn't fly with the team because he was so beat up. The dude's a warrior. We got that. But he's also taken a bunch of hits. And there are two losses this year. In Houston's two losses, Watson was sacked six times in each of those two games. But this is still a guy, when you want to compare him to Mahomes, has taken a lot more hits, hits over time. It makes me appreciate his game, but you can't deny it. Those hits accumulate, and he's taken a bunch. Yeah, that competitive
1: nature, like I said, it comes out when you get hit and you have to get back up, but um, you're still getting hit by 300-pound men that it runs four six. Um, they've been able to move bodies. They've been able to put you down on the ground. And Deshaun the, the Watson, the one thing I think that really the differentiated between him and uh, uh, Pat Mahomes is the ability that once you get up to continue looking downfield. Mm. Um, by nature, once he gets hit and put down on the ground sometime, he does start rushing a little bit more, start scrambling a little bit more. He uh, uh, abandons the pocket a little bit early once he's been hit. Um, so I think that our defense has a, has a real opportunity to kind of change the way he plays the game. Um, early in the game, by really coming after him, um, getting him uncomfortable in the pocket, uh, and making him kind of drop his eyes, um, get his eyes down off of D. fuller for those deep bombs, and make him scramble around while we keep the defensive integrity of the back end. So I'm looking for a great day for my defense, penetrating that pocket, getting Watson uh, to scramble out of that pocket, get him a little bit uncomfortable, and then see is he really uh, that guy? Can he make the consistently make that throw um, down the field? Uh, to his guys um, in in, in game, uh, in very crucial situations throughout the game.
0: You mentioned D-Hop a couple times. Most everybody knows it's DeAndre Hopkins. Last week I said, um, or after the game, my line all week has been, was this the Houston Texans or the Houston Rockets? Because they had 53 points. It looks like they were on their way to 100. Uh, But when I look at these wide receivers for Houston, I think of the Houston Rockets, uh, starting with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's listed as 6'1", 218. In six years prior to this one, it's just seventh year. Uh, D Hop uh, had more receptions than any receiver in NFL history in his first six years. But now you throw in Will Fuller, the fifth, who everybody's waited for. This is his fourth year, really fast guy. He's battled injuries. But oh my goodness, last week that was a clinic 16 targets, I think, 14 catches, 217, mm-hmm. and three touchdowns. Um, and then you throw in the guy that played with Mahomes at Texas Tech, Kiki Q T, uh, and then they get Kenny Stills. So the Texans benefited from the fire sale of the Dolphins on Labor Day weekend. They get Kenny Stills and left tackle Laramie Tunsell from the Dolphins. But this wide receiver core looks like they are some NBA dudes. Yeah, Will Fuller, the fifth, has definitely took advantage of an opportunity
1: to go against some defenses that – have concentrated so much on D-Hop. Like, we're not going to let D-Hopkins beat us. We're going to double, triple team them, do whatever we have to do. And that's left Will Fuller with some uh, one-on-ones against some lower-level cornerbacks, and he's exploited them. Um, That that game last week with three touchdowns, um, every throw throw to win his way was – on target, but he he had got beat five six yards. He definitely knows how to use his speed um, to create openings and create some separation from defenders. Um, but I think if you got to you got to play their defense as uh, their offense as a whole. You can't just. Yep. Worry so much about D-Hop that you let other guys have mm-hmm. game-breaking um, career-type uh, numbers on you. I think you just got to play it, play at it level and worry about, uh, not worry about, but definitely make a concentrated effort to get the quarterback off his mark, make him make some throws, and when that ball's in the air, as we've seen Honey Badger do it last week, when that ball's in the air, it's anybody's. It has, it, it, it has no intended receiver anymore. Uh, once the quarterback lets go to the ball, we have to think uh, our secondary is like a no-fly zone. Any ball in the area is going to be ours. And then we can we can return that thing for a pick six. So um, I, I like the way our secondary matches up against these guys. Um, you know when, you know, late in the down, late in the uh, snap counting the play, he's, he's, he's always liable just to throw it over to D Hop's side. Um, but I think we can really hang in with these uh, guys in the secondary and really change the game with our intensity on our defensive front.
0: I fully expect this Chiefs secondary to have their best game yet. I, I just I feel it coming from these guys, and I know um, it's been a challenge. But Rashad Breedland, we had him on the Chiefs Kingdom Show Monday night uh, on the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network, and he was talking. He was Hopkins' roommate at Clemson. They were roommates. <laughs> I said, Have you ever played against him? Nope, never have. I said, well, that'll be interesting. He goes, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be, but it's going to be like a Clemson spring yeah, practice. That's right. They a right? battle. But that means it's on. It's a battle. But um, I'm glad you brought up the Honey Badger because I'm going to, before we go to the fourth quarter here on this Defending the Kingdom podcast, Reveille, who will answer the call, just enough winning plays on defense. People get caught up in looking at uh, total defense. They come up passing defense and rushing defense. And yes, particularly the run defense and yards per run are big here. But I'm talking about just enough winning plays. The Honey Badger last week, winning plays. The pick, and he plays the counter pitch. Blows the guy up, holds him to a field goal. It's If the Chiefs get a touchdown, they still can win 17-16. All right, you go back through the season. Breland's play against Detroit. 100-yard, let's just run it back. Those are winning plays, and just getting more winning plays. You're not going to win them all against Houston's, the Houston Rocket Texans. <laughs> but getting enough winning plays to win the game. Yeah,
1: defensively, your mentality got to be, you know, hold them, hold them, make them keep snapping the ball, make them keep trying to, um, you know, keep them out of the end zone. You defend that in line um, as many snaps you have to to keep the, um, the opponent out of the end zone. And then you force them to have field goals. You you, you want them to, you know, you want to make great plays. You want to make sacks. You want to do all these things. Um, you want to stop and have tackles for loss. But at the end of the day, at the end of that drive, it ends up with a, a punt or a field goal attempt. Your job was done, and I think our defense, time and time again, last week, um, they 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 probably wish they could do a few things better, a few you know uh, scraped and tackled a little bit sharper here and there. But as a the end game result, holding the Colts to uh, 19 points, um, one, one defensive, I mean one offensive score, and then a bunch of field goals, um, that's a winning performance. Um, that that's 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 the kind of intensity you can grow off of, you can learn from, you can build upon. Um, I think they just tighten up the ship a little bit. Um, like we said, we got we got some guys who are going to fill in and step up. Um, we got you know Chris Jones. That's that's a big uh, a void in the middle for guys to step up and make an opportunity with. But I expect Kaden Sanders to do that. Yep. Um, he was a young guy drafted. He's very athletic, very strong, uh, flexible, nimble. Um, he I want to see all that personality out there on the field. I want to see all that uh, come to fruition. Um, and then when we have our linebackers be able to go, I mean, Damian uh, uh, Wilson and Ben Neiman, um, Hitchman, you know, the hitman, if he's ready to roll, let's be going. Uh, but our linebackers just playing downhill, playing fast, um, definitely just letting your personality show as a defense, and let's continue to evolve. Uh, let's continue to evolve as a unit.
0: Finally, in the last couple of minutes, our fourth quarter here of the Defending the Kingdom podcast, here come the Texans. Reveille, answer the call, has to deal with the kingdom in the stadium. Sometimes in a game it can get frustrating. That game last week against the Colts was, you know, we used to seeing the Chiefs score 30 points a game. It wasn't that kind of game. But the the crowd can have such a gigantic part in this game. Gigantic, we talk about all the time. But that also means answering the call when it gets tough. It's not any different than the players. Yeah, each, each game, each week
1: when it comes down for the, the fans to get to the stadium, get loud, um, let, let the opponent know from, from from the opening kickoff, what type of day it's going to be. Um, so this is not going to be a game to sit out and tailgate until uh, five minutes before kickoff. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a game to get out there, get your tailgating done two hours before kickoff, get your bus into the stadium 90 minutes before kickoff, and let that team know all during warm-ups what type of day they should be expecting from the kingdom. It's going to be a loud, proud, rowdy day, um, and they should they should have no comfort level at all, not one snap uh, for the minutes minute football game and that's the type of uh you know when we talk about answering the call we also expect the not just the coaches and players but the fans the equipment staff everybody is part of the kingdom um needs to answer the call and rebound from that loss of last week so uh, my expectations of the kingdom the sea of red um all of all of the chiefs fanatics is, is is one that i expect to be Uh, loud and proud on Sunday at noon.
0: And this game will not be, could be a shootout, but that doesn't mean it's going to be figure skating. This is going to be hockey, and you're not always going to have the puck. So don't get frustrated, get down, just get red and real and rowdy because this is a gigantic game. And who is going to answer the call? And the bugle call is out there again. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, Sean Barber. Time for Reveille, roll call. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs' official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.